Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In today's episode, we're looking at UFOs and Cassandra's Curse. That's correct, UFOs and Cassandra's Curse. Now, this article comes to us from thehill.com. Written by Marek Van Rimkoff, dated uh, October 17, 2022. The title says, UFOs, Intelligence, and Cassandra's Curse. And then it says, in Greek mythology, Cassandra is endowed with the gift of prophecy, but Cassandra is also cursed. Her prophecies are never to be believed. As former White House counterterrorism czar Richard Clark writes in Warnings, Finding Cassandra's to Stop Catastrophes, the modern-day Cassandra's expert who's, who sound the alarm over catastrophic or paradigm-shifting events are often ignored. I would go beyond that. Oftentimes, the people that sound these oncoming disasters are called conspiracy theorists, they're called crazy, kooks, whatever. Clark, who served in the Reagan, Clinton, and both Bush administrations, is also is all too familiar with this phenomena, like the engineer who foresaw the space shuttle Challenger catastrophe, the lone intelligence analyst who warned of Iraq's invasion of Kuwait, the Louisiana State University professor who issued dire predictions years before Hurricane Katrina, and the outsiders who foresaw the 2008 financial collapse. Clark's desperate warnings of an impending terrorist attack fell on deaf ears before September 11, 2001. Now, if we look at each of these major events it talks about, from the space shuttle to... 2008 financial collapse to even to 9-11, there's, there were patterns there that if a person applied reason and logic, if they would have, would have applied quantitative thinking, it was easy to see what the end result was going to be. If you lend uh, millions of people money who are working minimum wage jobs, but if you're lending them variable loan interest rates for houses and then you let them buy multiple houses, there's a pretty good chance that when the rates go up, they're not going to be able to make those house payments. Anybody applying quantitative reasoning could have seen that. But if you applied qualitative reasoning with statements like, well, I just believe, well, I think, well, I'm the science, then you could have missed the facts that led up to those really big bad explosions, as in the financial crisis. So what he's talking about here are the people that sometimes are the most reasonable, the most logical, the most clear thinking are the ones that are considered the outsiders, the conspiracy theorists. Writing in 2017, Clark is pressing about the risk of a global infectious disease outbreak. Shortly after warnings was published, a stunning expose of U.S. government efforts to investigate unidentified flying objects appeared in the New York Times. An accompanying article paints a vivid portrait of an extraordinary multi-witness UFO encounter off the coast of Southern California. A follow-on piece describes naval aviators' frequent observations 
corroborated by multiple sensors of unknown objects exhibiting seemingly highly advanced technology. Now, I just want to dissect these two paragraphs. First off, he just he just uh, brushes over this 2017 prediction of an upcoming global infectious disease outbreak. This was not hard to see when you consider uh, all the travel that we have and this, you know, everybody going to and fro across the planet. And secondly, if you stop and consider all the hundreds of uh, laboratories around the world, some call them weapon labs, some call them uh, experimental scientific labs that are fooling around with highly contagious, contagious variants. Just for instance, last week, uh, it was revealed uh, that a lab in Boston had created a uh, particular virus that had an 80% mortality rate. Now, th these are not good things for people to be messing with. If you, if you consider these sorts of weapons being developed and you layer that on top of uh, all the human mistakes that can be made, it's not hard to understand that something really bad could happen. Just like with these UFOs that we see, if we're seeing all these hundreds of UFO sightings, we don't know where they're coming from, whether they're from off-planet, whether they're from another dimension, whether they're some uh, secret deep, deep state cabal, whatever they are, there's so much that we don't know about them that, that if you just approach this quantitatively, reasonably, you would have to say out of all the possible things these could be, there has to be a number of those things that they could be that's bad. It can't all be good. We can't just assume that every single UFO that we come in contact or see is here to save the world. Now the article goes on and says, more recent revelations make clear that fighter pilots are often left stunned by the UFOs. Critically, officials have high confidence that secret U.S. aircraft or experimental technologies are not responsible for these perplexing encounters. At the same time, analysts have no evidence that a foreign power is behind hundreds of UFO reports. I think it's safe to say, when we think about what's going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia, when we think about uh, how unhappy China is with Taiwan, if those two powers had these kinds of vehicles at their disposal, wouldn't you think that they would have employed them already? It says, at this point, any intelligence analyst worth his salt should sound the alarm about the UFO phenomena. And if policymakers are, in fact, receiving such warnings, Cassandra's curse appears to be alive and well. Well, when people do, <clears throat> when people do warn about these UFOs, when, when people say, hey, I've been abducted, and this happened to me, that was so negative, when people... Uh, call up the local law enforcement and their cattle have been mutilated when we have unexplained abductions. Those people are called conspiracy theorists. They're Cassandra. They're warning, but their warnings are being ignored. As Clark writes in Warnings Agenda Inertia, when too many issues compete for attention is one of many factors that keep decision makers from acting on dire warnings from experts. Air Force Security Frank Kendall demonstrated this phenomenon recently, saying that he does not focus on UFOs because there are a lot of known threats out there that are working very hard to protect, that we're working very hard to protect the U.S. against. I don't like to focus on those. Secretary Kendall did also say, I think we should take the UFO phenomenon seriously and call for real technical investigations of what they are. 
Okay, this is classic, classic case of qualitative thinking. This is the kind of thinking that ends up with a space shuttle disaster or a 2008 financial crisis or, God forbid, a 9-11 national tragedy. This qualitative thinking, I, I, I. Look at how he answers. He says, Air Force Secretary Kendall demonstrated this phenomenon recently, saying that he does not focus on UFOs because there are a lot of known threats. Okay, He takes a general thing that we can all agree on. There are a lot of known threats. That's not necessarily quantitative. That's just something that we all agree on. He doesn't say, well, there's 969 known threats. He just says there's a lot that we're working very hard on. Another qualitative. I don't know. How do we know they're working hard? To protect the U.S. I mean, I could argue against that, considering the drone situation that happened a couple of years ago in Colorado, considering that how many of these UFO sightings were just ignored. And he says, I'd like to focus on those. I, 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 I. That's qualitative. Not what's good for the country. Not a decision that he's made after extensive consultation, running the numbers on a supercomputer. No, it's what he would like to do. Just like when the sh- just like when the shuttle was blown up, not you know those engineers came to those management team or whoever it was and said, "Don't don't don't launch that thing tomorrow. It's going to be too cold. Those seals are going to shrink up, and there could be a catastrophic explosion." Their 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 opinion seems to have been, "We're going to go ahead and launch because we have a schedule to keep." See the difference? Quantitative, qualitative. I think we should take the UFO phenomenon seriously. Well, there's your little, there's your little uh, crumbs on the floor for you and call for real technical investigation of what they are. Well, let's see the technical investigation. Let's, let's, let's have some transparency here. At least tell us where the reports are coming in and what people are seeing. Beyond agenda inertia, Secretary Kendall's comments highlight the core challenge posed by the UFO conundrum. Congress is demanding that the Department of Defense and the intelligence community entities laser-focused on national security threats conduct a sweeping, thorough investigation of UFOs, but in a world teeming with threats, defense and intelligence agencies will always focus limited resources on well-defined risk. As Kendall notes, UFOs do not fall into this category. There's another qualitative statement. He doesn't know that. They haven't even measured UFOs enough to know anything about them. They could start with transparency, and then people could crowdsource the truth on this topic, as they say. This this mismatch between organizational priorities, mitigating threats, and the nature of the UFO phenomenon, no unambiguous threat, likely lies at the root of Congress's powerful frustration and disappointment with the government's slow progress on resolving the UFO problem. I think I have to interject here. I think part of the frustration with Congress is the fact that when information does come in, that it's not being shared with Congress. We see this constantly with uh, the Defense Department setting up these, what what amount to shell companies, these private corporations, to investigate the UFO phenomena, to investigate UFO metamaterial. It seems quite likely that uh, UFO craft material or substances left behind after a UFO encounter or landing have been recovered, and those substances have been secured away somewhere in, in a private company's laboratory, 
where the American public and Congress has no access to them. I think that's where the real frustration comes in, is that Congress is being kept out of the loop, and to make matters worse, Congress sees uh, the Defense Department as somebody who's not really competent enough to deal with the questions of UFOs thoroughly. They are approaching the problem qualitatively, not quantitative. They're not using enough common sense. NASA and organized NASA and organized focused on science. The sentence kind of structured there a little bit. NASA and an organization focused on science rather than threats is proceeding full force on unprecedented study of UFOs. You know, I don't trust NASA either. There's been too many accusations of them photoshopping um, pictures uh, that had UFOs in them. Uh, NASA is far too secretive, in my opinion, to, to be to be to be the one that we trust for uh, for giving disclosure on UFOs. Of course, many other factors cause policymakers to resist acting on warnings of looming disaster or a paradigm-shifting event. According to Clark, initial occurrence syndrome. When a phenomena has never occurred previously, frequently inhibits timely and appropriate response to warnings. At the same time, complexity mismatch can paralyze decision makers who lack the expertise to understand key pieces of data, such as the extraordinary technologies needed to execute anomalous flight characteristics. Policymakers can also resist acting on warnings, no matter how convincing, if they are based on incomplete data. Well, you first off, you have to start measuring to get any kind of data at all. And the, the most important data here is is uh, the eyewitness accounts. That's the most common data. And then after that, if if we do have meta material from some of these crashed UFOs, then that needs to be uh, shared with with the government agencies that agencies that are responsible for investigating it. Moreover, as Clark notes, decision makers don't typically welcome predictions of impending disaster. While UFOs may not represent an inevitable catastrophe, they are a perplexing unknown. Woe to the analyst who presents policymakers with evidence of a compelling yet entirely unknown phenomena that may or may not pose a grave threat. Such ambiguity is anathema to rigid bureaucratic structures, missions, and mindsets. You see, they're trying to pound a square peg into a round hole. Cassandra's curse strikes even more forcibly if the analysts sounding the alarm on UFOs cannot offer decision makers concrete recommendations to address this mysterious phenomenon. Policymakers, after all, are answerable to high-ranking policymakers who expect options for navigating a particular a particular issue. At the same time, a unique cognitive trap can impede objective analysis or action on UFOs. If decision makers believe that a technology, risk, or threat simply cannot exist, then all data indicating otherwise is ignored, trivialized, or explained away. You know, that just gives me a mental image of of the Titanic headed directly toward that giant iceberg and the captain saying, full steam ahead. Clark alludes to this, quote, it can't be so it isn't phenomena, writing that policymakers presented with compelling evidence of an impending catastrophe, often go into an implicit state of denial. They may not dispute the evidence and reject the warning, but they don't act as though they actually believe it to be true. Well, that's a fact. And, you know, just like with the space shuttle, 
the management's presented with a set of facts that tells them that it's far too dangerous to launch that rocket, but they go ahead and do it anyway. Part of it might be because they're not the ones sitting on top of the rocket, okay? Just like with these labs that we have across the country, probably not just the U.S., where they're fooling around with this gain of function, taking taking viruses and turning them into, into uh, potential killer plagues. It's a lot of fun for them. They can kill eight out, they can kill eight out of ten rats. We find out, but maybe they somehow think that they're immune to it. I don't know. It's 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 as if logic has been suspended. Captain Edward Ruppel, the first director of Project Blue Book, the U.S. Air Force's decade-long investigation of UFOs, wrote that scientists and experts who embrace the "it can't be" approach to UFOs are dangerous if for no other reason than history has proved them so. As Rupert notes, the French Academy of Science once vehemently denied that stones or meteorites could fall from the sky. At the same time, world-famous astronomer Dr. Simon Newcomb claimed that flight without balloons is impossible without the discovery of some new material or a new force of nature. Similarly, the chief engineer of the U.S. Navy claimed that any attempts to fly heavier-than-air vehicles was observed. For his part, President Truman's chief of staff told his boss that the atomic bomb is the biggest fool thing we have ever done. It will never go off, and I speak as an expert in explosives. <laughs> With noteworthy contemporary parallels, Rubel's masterful description of the complexities of warning top government officials about UFOs makes his book a must-read. Importantly, however, not all Cassandra's sounding the alarm on the UFO phenomena are government intelligence analysts with high-level security clearances. As Clark writes in Warnings, Cassandra's often, Cassandra's often seek out and interpret data that others overlook, collect facts that no one else bothered to assemble, or derive new insights from data others already have. To that end, a small group of private citizens has examined in excruciating detail three government UFO videos that accompanied the New York Times 2017 expose. These individuals now hold the gold standard of analysis reproducible, verifiable data. Sophisticated mathematical modeling, for example, corroborates eyewitness accounts of, well-documented, of a well-documented 2015 UFO encounter. This is robust evidence that an unknown object demonstrated anomalous flight characteristics only achievable with highly advanced technology. For its part, the government is confident that the object Involved in the incident is not a U.S. aircraft, nor do intelligence analysts have evidence that he belonged to a foreign power. Grappling with the data, and critically the broader content context surrounding the event, should turn any objective analyst, private citizen, and government employee alike into a modern-day Cassandra. Well, that's, that's quite a bit of food for thought. You know, and speaking of these uh, Navy videos, if you watch those things, how fast they move, we really can't say with 100% certainty because we know that we haven't got the best pictures of these. But these objects almost border on the globes or the orbs that we that we hear reported so often. And the fact that they're moving so fast, you know, thousands of miles per hour, and then they can stop and turn on a dime. Uh, the way they're doing things that just couldn't be done with a physical object to me, demonstrates that they are some sort of uh, interdimensional object. And when you start to think about something being interdimensional and that our own physics don't apply, 
that tells you right there that whatever these things are, their their technology and their understanding of how the universe works is light years beyond what we know. And for that reason alone, I think we need to have a few more Cassandras warning about the potential that these UFOs might present. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.